Arizona Sports, sports. the local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. 4 o'clock reset. All right, Mitch is here. He's got our 4 o'clock reset. Mitch, who was out sick all last week. What? He he was, he had a bad. How did I miss this? He had a bad. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you're all right. I guess so. Yeah, Yeah, I'm fine. Bad (laughs) case of uh, Jokic-itis. Mm. Oh, are you kidding me? He brought me back to life. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, I don't know. We thought maybe there was a game in Denver that you no, uh, oh, no. I, uh, <clears throat> caught a case of Jokic-itis, and I got to get up to Denver to see my guy. Y'all are silly. But you know you know who's awesome right now? Who? Alan Denerkic, left wing. It's O'Neal, a wide open three. Yes, sir. Royce O'Neal puts the Suns up 13 and potentially drives a dagger into LeBron and the Lakers. The answer is Nikola Jokic, by the way, who's had three straight triple-doubles out of the break, but three players highlighted in that one highlight. Royce O'Neal, who hit the triple, hit yep. six of those yesterday, by the way. Grayson Allen and Yusuf Nurkish providing the hockey assist to that. All three of them, and Bull Bull, had excellent games against the Lakers yesterday. A good, well-rounded, balanced affair. The Phoenix Suns had 32 assists on 44 made baskets. It's like this eye test thing with me, Jody, where, where I, I'm watching these games, and I can just tell when the offense is the best version of itself, and it's always when the ball is moving, moving yeah, and it's not you know one guy dribble, 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 dribble. I'm not gonna, I'm just shoot it. I, I I've, I've gotten to the point where maybe maybe I'm, I'm sound like old man get off my lawn guy, and I'm not trying to be like that, but I think this team is the best version of itself. When everybody's touching the ball, everybody's shooting the ball. I mean, Booker's still going to lead, and Durant's still going to lead, and they're still going to get the most points. But just watching the ball pop the way it did, I think, is the best version of the Phoenix Yeah, Suns. totally agree. And and again, Royce O'Neal shooting threes the way that he does, a great addition. Grayson Allen had a solid game yesterday as well. And I think the thing, thing we keep asking is just, can they continue doing that? Right. You know, can they? It doesn't have to be exactly in the formula that we saw yesterday, but especially with Bradley Beal, that can only help. But you're right. The, the offense, when it's stagnant like that, um, usually means bad things for the Suns. The games that they've lost, uh, if we see more of what we saw yesterday, they're going to be in good shape. We're waiting for the Suns to come back to action this season. They'll be back on Thursday. And then if you're counting down the years, three years from now, All-Star Weekend is reportedly coming back to Phoenix. First time since 2009. So Matt Ishbia wanted it. He got it, sounds like. Yeah, and the Mercury have it this year, too. Uh, the NBA loves giving this event to markets that have built new arenas or or showing off renovated arenas. I think it's going to be with the Clippers the year before the Suns because they get their new arena and they showed off their new threads this morning. They, they rebranded themselves and all that stuff. I'll, I can't wait to see what the All-Star Game looks like when it's here in 2027 because after... The debacle that was last week, and I, you know, I say that with all respect, but that was a disaster. It was unwatchable. They I got didn't a, watch it. Actually, it was so unwatchable. So I didn't watch it. Jody didn't watch it. <laughs> Fix it. Do something yeah, different. I, I think Give us something better, man. When the commissioner is shy about, okay, this is pretty ugly. He didn't say that, but he looked like he wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's got to change. And um, you know, but great. Matt Ishbia continues to get things done. Yes, he does. Oh. He is a he is a get things done person. There's no he is part of the uh, not screwing around crew. He that's wants for it. Sure. He sees it. He gets. But it's it. yeah. a big event. 
place where we live right here in the valley. And hey, bring it on. The we're, more the merrier. We're really good at the big event yeah. stuff. Very good at and it. The weather's always good, Final four too. coming in next or beginning of April. Just a few weeks. Yeah. Just a few weeks from the final four. You guys mentioned the Clippers jerseys and rebranding, so I'll skip over that for now. We'll jump to NFL. I want to start with this. Late last night, his final column, Peter King calling it a career, a salute to absolutely one of the best, and I know, Bernsey, one of your absolute favorites. The the word iconic gets thrown around, sometimes maybe a little too much. Peter King, there was a stretch there where Peter King's Monday morning quarterback, quarterback yeah. was the online, must-read, can't-skip moment after an NFL Sunday. I mean, it just was information, opinion, quotes, Anonymous sources, sources on the record. It was long. He had coffee recommendations. Yeah, he had I beer recommendations, <laughs> right? Like it was. And, and, and the poems, the haiku. And the poems, the haiku. Yeah. The, the, uh, I am like you. I'm a big fan of his. And I would read it every Monday morning or whenever he would post it late at night on a Sunday or, you know. And yeah, he, he is truly, when you think of a writer, an NFL writer, all of those things you just discussed, uh, news that no one else had, yeah. thoughts that no one else had, because he had the relationships with those scouts, GMs, coaches, players. And, uh, you know, in, a, in an era where I am promoting and supporting true journalism, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's sad to see him go, but, uh, I, you know, he was the best. I just remember, just real quick, Every time, and, and doing the radio thing for a long time, every time we would come in and our producer, be it Mitch, Lauren, Jordan, our previous producer, previous producers, Rod or Eric, would come in and say, hey, you got Peter King on the show today? Oh, that's a good get. Yeah. You know, that was like, oh, we got Peter King on the show today? That's a really, really good get. So that, to me, is one of the ultimate forms of a compliment you can pay him. So, yeah, uh, good luck so to him So salute to you, Mr. King. Yes, sir. It's great work. And as far as NFL other news is related, T. Higgins set to receive the franchise tag from the Cincinnati Bengals. So it sounds like his market is no more. He's going to be staying in Cincinnati. Unless, and I 90% Unless. agree with you. I did read a story today suggesting that because the salary cap went up, as much as it did, then maybe there's a better chance that guys who got the franchise tag could be traded because now teams have more cap space to absorb guys like that. But I would mostly agree with you. I think T. Higgins, you can scratch him off the list, and I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens with Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman. I think there are going to be a lot of guys, Brian Burns, the edge rusher from Carolina. I think there are going to be a lot of guys that are on these free agent lists now that aren't going to be on the free agent lists in another week or two when the franchise tag comes and goes. Yeah, you know, this year when I was doing um, some Cardinals pre and post um, with Kyle Vandenbosch and sometimes Rob Fredrickson and... Um, you know, there was a caller that was really wanting the Cardinals to sign T. Higgins, and we were kind of like, well, that would be great, you know. But, you know, uh, yeah, T. Higgins, and then they're going to get that band back together with Joe Burrow back healthy, and yep. we'll see what they can do. Obviously, very explosive at uh, the wideout position, and, you know, maybe they'll go far again. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Free agency's only, what, two couple weeks, weeks away. away? March 13th. Yep, a couple weeks away. It's going to get real interesting real fast. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can't sign your wide receiver, so you might just end up drafting one. As far as that goes, the NFL Combine is this week, but we won't get to see some of the top receivers doing much. Marvin Harrison Jr., the most notable, won't be participating in any of the tests at Combine Week, as well as LSU's wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Roma Dunze, the exception, he will participate, and then everybody's also pointing out that quarterbacks Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, they're 
not throwing whatsoever at the conference. Have we heard anything about Drake May and what he's going to be doing at the I've not seen anything about Drake okay, May. Okay, I'm kind of curious to see if he'll try to take advantage of Jane Daniels not it doing anything. It bugs me when the quarterbacks don't throw. I'm sorry. I don't Does mind it? the running. I don't mind not running. Although, how about if Marvin Harrison, could he just like be at his house and, or be at a park or something and put a camera? I just want to, like, can we just see you running? Can we just see you running? Do your legs work? Are you good? Should be like, like a GoPro, you yeah. know, where he's just jogging around the yeah. Good, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, do one of those steady cam shots where it isolates on just him and then yeah. everything else around but him is blurry. It bothers me when the quarterbacks don't throw. You're a quarterback. <laughs> throw the ball. <laughs> like, what are you afraid of? Just throw the ball. <laughs> throw the out route. This throw is, the deep route. Throw the mid. Just throw it all. This, throw all the routes. This is why I love having Jody fill in. It's fantastic. Just throw the damn ball. <laughs> throw it. Just throw it. It's fantastic. You're a quarterback. This is Throw her. This ball. is her twenty-eight to five. I, Throw the ball. Pretty much, yeah. This is this is her rant for the ages. Yeah, this is the one we'll play all the time. Yeah, and I'll close with some baseball signings. I'm seeing um, them talking about it on ESPN right now. Couple of veteran shortstops changing places. Nick Ahmed signing a minor league deal with the Giants, of course, the longtime Diamondback, and then Brandon Crawford signing with the St. Louis Cardinals to back up their young shortstop in St. Louis. Happy to see Nick Ahmed got a gig. I'll be curious to see, you know, if he how much does he balance between the minors and the majors? Does he make the opening day roster? Nick Ahmed, a good member of the Arizona Diamondbacks yeah, all those years. a terrific guy and, you know, obviously through some hard times here, through 2017 was a, a really fun year, but it was it was hard to see him not be part of that, but, uh, you know, again, it's a changing in the guard. Brendan Crawford in, in San Francisco was there through some amazing times, and no now doubt. it's just, you know, as guys get older, as t- as the talent pool changes in these organizations, you're going to see change. Yeah. And that's your 4 o'clock reset. All right, thank you, Mitch. Good to have you back. Is it 4 o'clock? Oh, yeah, good to have you back, Mitch. It's 4.11. It's it's 4.11. Good to have have you here, Of course, I wasn't wasn't here, so you're not really back for me, but I mean, I'm a a listener, so... I came back just to see you, Jody. (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's sweet. That's so sweet. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, which, by the way, I got a text from Gambo, by the way. What's he he up to? How's the game? I'll give you an update on how his kid is doing when we come back, because he texted me during the break. The Suns and the play-in tournament, boy, they're just flirting with the cut line on that, aren't they? It's moments like Friday that we'll remember if they are in the play-in tournament. We'll talk about that coming up. Jody filling in for Gambo. It's all right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us Tuesday morning. ASU Sun Devils coming off an upset win over ranked Washington State. We'll talk to the head coach, Bobby Hurley. Join us starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports. Uh, by the way, Tip Jar. Tip Another jar. good one. Oh, Playing yeah. all the good songs Tip today. Jar. We got, a, we, got a, we got an online tip jar for Lauren. First time she plays a song we like, we just throw a dollar in the tip jar. Good job. Uh, Friday night. Inbounds to Booker. Gets it back. Dribbles across the timeline. Throws it to Bowl. He won't even get the shot off. And the Rockets win it. Final score to Toyota Center. 114-110. Houston took a big lead in the third. The Suns rallied back. Made it tight down the stretch, but couldn't pull it off. And they lose on back-to-back nights in the state of Texas. Jody's filling in for Gambo today here on Burns and Gambo, and, and certainly because that game was a couple of days ago. We're not going to you know, break down what happened in the middle of the second quarter between the Suns and the Houston Rockets on a Friday night, but we can talk for a few minutes about how damaging that loss could be 
when it's all said and done to the Suns' chances because they, in the moment they lose that game, JJ, and they fall to eighth in the Western Conference standings. Now, they've since moved up to sixth. It's really tight. They're going to be fluctuating. It's really tight. It's really <laughs> tight. I mean, like we'll go over how tight it is here in a second. But that was one of those losses where, again, we don't need to get into the weeds with it. But if they end up the seventh seed or the eighth seed in the Western Conference, it's going to be moments like that one. Like, that's going to be one of the reasons why, yeah. right? That that's That's a game... You must win if you're trying to stay out of the play-in tournament. Yeah, and in the play-in tournament, you you do not want to be part of that. And and it's a game, and the rest of these 24 are going to be the same in that the pressure's on to win these games. Now, um, yeah, not to get into the weeds, but again, some of the things were just... Things that you don't want to see against a team that, you know, maybe you're saying, okay, we should beat this team. 23 second chance points. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, uh, something that you wrote in, in the email that you sent earlier to me today, missed opportunity. That really says it all. Missed opportunity. Yeah. You've got it. You're up by 16 early in the game. A a, a team that kind of looks like in the Rockets, like they were half there, half not like, okay, you know, in in a moment like that, you have a chance to put away a team like that. And instead they go on this crazy, like 24 to six run in the second quarter. And all of a sudden it's, it's a game. And, and for the Suns, they didn't shoot well. Devin Booker didn't shoot well. Durant didn't shoot well until the fourth quarter. It was, there were a lot of struggles in that game. It was, it was just a, it was a frustrating game because all of that and, you got this unbelievable eye-opening wow moment from Bowl Bowl, which kind of set him up to play well again yesterday against the Lakers. You can't waste a moment. That was one of the best performances by a bench player all year long out of any yeah. Suns reserve. You can't go wasting stuff like that. And, and it just it felt like coming off the tough loss to Dallas the night before, that that was a game that she almost had to win. And, and now... You know, look, if they had won it, it still wouldn't have been a guarantee that they wouldn't have fallen into the play in. But now they're they're basically they're sixth. They're 34 and 24. They're tied with the New Orleans Pelicans. They're the seventh seed right now. So they'd be in the play in tournament if the season ended right now. The only reason the Suns right now have the tiebreaker over the Pelicans. But who knows where that's going to stand when it all said and done. But they're just in these moments, Jody. Whether it's the Rockets game, whether those games against San Antonio, the Suns lost earlier in the season. Yeah, up our court. first look at Wemby. Our first look. It was remember? very yeah, early in the season. Very yeah, early in the I season. hadn't really seen him at all, and I was like very impressed. Spurs that are one of the what worst. What he was able to do. One of the worst teams in the NBA, and even though it was a while ago, the Suns lost to them twice. They lost to Portland, really bad. I mean, there's four bad losses right there. Where if the results are different, the results are just in those four games. Now, instead of worrying about dropping into the play-in tournament, if the Suns just had four more wins, now you're a half game back of the Denver Nuggets for home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, or for the third seed, you're you're past the you're better than the LA Clippers yeah. right now. If you've got those four more wins, which is crazy to think, yeah, that's I mean, the the margin of error we're talking about here. It's interesting though, because then there are some games that they won that you maybe didn't expect. There's been a couple, maybe not a ton, maybe not as many as you'd like. But, you know, it just, it's all going to come down to this, to be honest with you, Bernsey. I mean, 24 games is not a lot, and it's a hard schedule. It's a difficult schedule, but 
they have got to peak at the absolute right time. Now, again, this is all because of the expectations yes. and all because of the personnel with KD and Book and Beal um, and then the other guys. And I think it is, you know, I heard someone talking about the Laker game and it was like, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be as far as Katie and book take the Suns, and it's going to be as far as LeBron and Anthony Davis take the Lakers. And mm-hmm. I kind of disagree with that. Yeah. I, I just think these role players all have to play well too. Okay. You know, because right now Katie and book are not playing their very best. And they're not. they've had mixed results. They're okay? not. They did win. They did win yesterday, but they've had mixed results. They did go one for 11 from three the other night. Mm-hmm. That, that is not good. So for me in the NBA, it's how do you become slump proof, especially when it comes to shooting, right? You have a bad shooting night. I heard Frank Vogel talking about, well, we had two bad shooting games. Okay. Well, that's the biggest key is how do you avoid when you're having a bad shooting night? How do you still come up with the win? And, you know, most of the time you answer that with, you know, defense. Can you, you know, can you score enough? And this is where I come back to Nurkic. I come back to Nurkic every time. As a guy who can, who can. I mean, it's not about the scoring. It's just about. Necessarily, but, but as a guy that you could turn to as an option. Presence, yeah. A guy who rebounds, a guy who plays defense. And, you know, as we saw yesterday, can kind of dish it out. But. I mean, there's so many moving parts here, but I don't. It can't just be KD and Book. No, it can't. And for me, Nurk is certainly a key component of that. To me, it's all about Bradley Beal. I mean, it, I, I think I agree with that as well. I think when Bradley Beal is available, and and we've seen the mixed results this last week or so with him not being available, and certainly we've seen plenty of Bradley Beal not being available. Um, I, I think that's where you start to see. When it's too when it's too much for book, when it's too much for KD, when the shooting numbers aren't there to be able to have a guy like Bradley Beal to kind of alleviate some of the pressure off of them when he's at their when they're at their best, I think is when Bradley Beal is out there to be that guy because he is the perfect third star on a team like this he he's got an ego but it doesn't get in the way (laughs) right like he's he's if he only gets eight shots it's not that big of a deal those eight shots are very important they matter but there are going to be some nights where he's going to be it's going to he's going to need to do more and he's going to need to facilitate and things like that i think when they miss him you you really see it in games like dallas they really missed him Houston, they really missed him because it was just obvious that Book and KD didn't really have their best version of themselves, and they could have used a third out there. And I, I, I hope he'll be back. I, and I hope he stays back. The problem with Beal is that you just, I know, right? Like it's, <laughs> you just don't know. It seems like the know. injury is just there. And you know, I agree with you. Scoring wise, that is a way to. Have you know again? He's that option that can elevate this team to where they need to be. Yeah. He's also pretty good defensively. You know, he's, he's not a liability. He, yeah, yeah. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals uh, they got to make a decision, not just on this year's draft class, but on a member of the 2021 draft class. We got the number. Is it worth it for the Cardinals to give it to Zayvon Collins? That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show with Jody filling in. Hey, it's Wolf. Outside of wide receiver, which position should we be watching for at the NFL Combine for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll tell you tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Reminds me, Jody filling in for Gambo. Um, Jody and I 
We haven't the last couple of summers because I think our schedules have been a little off. Oh, I know where you're going to You know where I'm going, right? You know exactly where I'm going. I haven't been there yet. Jody and I would bump into each other at the Better Buzz coffee shop in San Diego on Mission. Yep. Is it open? Is the one here open yet? Is it open? Are you giving me. You know what's funny? My, my, uh, both my kids went or just my son. There's, I mean, people in my house have driven up here, and we live like 20 you minutes away. You live in like the, oh, yeah. the East Valley, and it's it's like right yeah. down the street from the station, right? It's close. Oh, I'm going to, is it open when I leave here? <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think of that. Check it out, Lauren. Oh, man. Because I, I, I might see you in the drive-thru at the back. Yeah. Well, it's funny, my da- first spring break, you know, my daughter's like, can we go to, Cal- can we go to, you know, all these exotic places? And like, we really can't, we have a lot going on and we really can't. And then my husband was like, you can go to Better Buzz and pretend you're in San Diego. <laughs> is, is it open? I've got some good news for you guys. It is open until 9 p.m. Yes. And I am it opens going there at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, Every really? day it is open from 4.30 to 9 p.m. And it's, wow. it's like 7th Street and Glendale-ish, something Ish, like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, boy. They have good iced tea. I mean, it sounds boring, but I like iced tea, and they have good iced tea, too. See, now, here's the difference. Every time, so it's, it, usually it was like the week of the All-Star break in Major League Baseball when our families were vacationing in San Diego at the same time. Yes, yeah, like three or four years in a row. And like three or four yeah. years in a row, we would bump into each other at the Better Buzz on Mission. <laughs> the difference always was, and I swear to God, this every single time we bumped into each other, Jody had just got done running for distance on the beach. <laughs> I was hung over like a madman. And I was like, Jody, yeah, look at you. You've been exercising again. Good, good for you. Good, good for you. I didn't even know that. I thought you were just hanging out, you know. I'm here because I have a gigantic headache and I need some sugar, some caffeine to make this go away. Whereas Jody's like in her running gear and she's like, yeah, good for you. Good Love to you. run out Good there. You, you can't Jody. run here in the summer. No, no. I run from Mission all the way. Um, don't, don't, don't do this. Don't. This is. Where do I go again? Almost to La Jolla. Get out! You no, run not from Mission to La Jolla or, or to <laughs> Pacific. Uh, Past Pacific, not La Jolla, but Bird, uh, what's it called? Rock? Bird, Bird Rock. Rock. Bird Rock. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's a cool sh- coffee shop in Bird Rock, too. There is. It's great. I go there. See that? The Lauren and I are on Bird Rock. You got to try out Bird Rock now. I want to know how many miles this is. <laughs> I don't know either. I think I tr- I thought one time I could go to La Jolla, and I think I realized it's another like you, two more you, miles. You sicken me. I mean, you Why? really how, do. How far it's, is it's, it? it's just like you're on vacation. What are you doing running well, from Michigan? It's 3.2 miles. One way? Yeah. Okay, so you're running six miles, basically. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a lot for vacation, but yeah. But see, I like running, so for me, it's part of Uh, it. That's fine. You're you're, you're, you're allowed, but uh, uh, are you going to be in the drive-thru at Better Buzz when... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, if I remember, I mean, sadly, you know, I, I, I have to swing through and get one on the way through, home. Like, okay, what else do I have to do tonight? And then it's like, it might land on the non-priority list. But one other thing about San Diego is, you know what I always do though, is I say, I'm going to get up early and go run. And then I can go with the family to the beach and do all the beach things. Mm-hmm. And I never, it's vacation. So I don't get out running as early as I should. And then I miss like half the day on the beach. 
Oh, because you're out so running. So that is a bummer. Yeah. I might have to change that strategy. Change your, change yeah. your schedule a little bit. No. All right. Uh, that has, none of that has anything to do with anything that we're talking about here in this but part of the show. But it's fun to think about. Being well, on the beach. Yeah, it is. It's fun <laughs> to think about San Diego in the summertime, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the So the, the NFL released its salary cap numbers for this year, and it went up like $30 million from last year. Up, up, up. They also released um, the amount of money it would take for various teams, depending on a set of circumstances we're gonna not going to get into here. But how much would it cost the Arizona Cardinals to pick up the fifth-year option on Zayvon Collins? $13 million if they want to. And they have to decide by May 2nd whether Zayvon Collins should get uh, that $13 million. Now, I, It's I, a big number. It's a big number. And I, you'd be hard-pressed to find, I think, really anybody who thinks that Zayvon should get that. You know, because there's there's no reason to. You can still bring back Zayvon Collins. Yeah, he could play out the season. Yeah, he's still on his rookie deal. And for Zayvon, though, you know, again, and we talked about this before the show. He just was not. I don't want to say not a factor because he had his matchups and he was out there, you know, trying to make plays. Yep, and he made a few. He just didn't make all that many plays. He didn't stand out as much as you would like to see. I noticed him a lot early in the season. I, I noticed him making plays early in the season. By halfway through the season, I felt like I was hardly seeing number twenty-five out there at all. It, it see, it felt him and Gardeck. It kind of felt like faded for me a little bit over the second half. Well, of they the had year. such attrition on that line. They missed so many guys. Yeah. So many guys were injured. Even. Before the season even started, they lost uh, Collier and Watkins, and then it just kept going. And it was like for parts of the season, they lost a, a number of other guys. Uh, they lost Ledbetter for part of it. They had Fotu was out for a bit. I mean, the D-line was just... And so, you know, but at the end of the day, it was a new position. And it's yeah. interesting you say that early on because there was some flash there, but I'm not sure... And it also reminds me with Isaiah Simmons, the same thing happened. He ended up getting traded away. And it brought me back to when Steve Kime had these two guys and draft brought them in. And I remember the presser when he was talking about them said, we have like the two trees standing there, the big bodies, physical two specimens. Two trees that can run or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said. But I he- mean, and Isaiah could run and, and Zavin's a big force. But again, it brings me back to, did they fit? The, you know, it's clear they're not fitting what... Uh, Nick Rollis is doing and Jonathan Gannon's doing um, not so much Zavin, but I'm speaking on Isaiah. But, you know, again, you can be this physical specimen and yet not fit into what the defense needs you to do or not or not have the techniques or, or not do what you're needed to do as an Arizona Cardinal. And so yeah. I think that's what why we saw Isaiah leave. I'm not saying that's happening with Zavin, but um, I know that's a big again, it's a big number. So he could play out the year. They could. They could trade him, or they could they could want to keep him and maybe try to hammer something out. Well, they could, yeah, right? they could. I, I mean, a year from now, they could, if they decided they wanted to keep him, they could negotiate with him and sign him before he hits free agency. There's no reason you're automatically, you know, throwing him back into the water if you decide you don't want to pick up his fifth year option. It's it just, it, it's interesting that it happens this time of year because it's the combine and you you watch and we've all seen it over the course of this week. There are going to be guys who do unbelievable. Unbelievable feats of amazing athletic prowess over the course. This guy ran what? This guy jumped how far? This guy jumped how high? And every year we get wowed by this guy set a combine record here, set a combine record there. I don't want to say it doesn't mean a thing, 
But a lot of the times, it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's, hey, it's great. Good for you. You can do that. Does that translate into you being a great football player? And I, and I don't remember how Hassan Reddick or Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins did at the Combine. But more often than not, those it just felt like those guys with the Cardinals missed because they just got more enthralled with the, oh, he's just a freaky, twitchy athlete who's strong and fast and can do this and can do that. Yeah, but yeah. can he play football? Can yeah, he play football? And, and, there's an and, and they that. couldn't, you know? There's the uh, mental side of that, too. How well do you understand the game? How well do you yeah. understand? And it seems like... With that was sometimes an issue, and and it's and it's just how much do you understand the game of football? Can adapt to different schemes, process it quickly, all those things. And do you have a coaching staff? And this Hassan Reddick was slash is a good football player, but the problem too was they didn't have a coaching staff that could properly assess what the best version of Hassan Reddick would be. And maybe partially that was because they had a general manager who wanted him to be this and a coaching staff who wanted him that to be that. That was a problem for a few years. And that was a problem <laughs> for a few years. Like, no, no, really, he's this. No, he's that. No, I want him to be this. And and, and that, that also, you know, when you're talking about kind of these position lists, we're unsure where to put them. Guys, you don't like Zayvon Collins, the first three years of his career, has been spent, are you this, are you that, we're going to put you here, we're going to put you there, and it ends up kind of being a waste for him in that regard. It certainly was for Isaiah Simmons, certainly was for Hassan Reddick, trying to figure out, in some ways, there is a real benefit to just taking a guy and saying, no, you're you're a tackle, we're going to play you as tackle. You are a corner, we're going to play you as a corner, as opposed to these super versatile, multi-dimensional, I can put you here, I can put you there. That was the thing with Isaiah is, oh, he's so versatile. Yeah, which is... <laughs> and that ended up being a little bit of a... It caused a bit of confusion, I think. Which is a word that I don't know if I want to hear too much more out of, you know, it, like last year's Monty's draft class, you didn't hear a lot of versatile. It, yeah, was, it was like, Ojolari, you're going to be a pass rusher. You're going to do your job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Garrett Williams, you're going to be yeah. a corner. You're going to do your job. Um, it's it's not about positional versatility with some and, of those guys. And I, I was impressed with that, with the way that they yeah. put guys into a position. I know it wasn't a great season for a lot of other reasons, but guys were in pretty good position to do what they needed to do. When we come back on the Burns and Gamble show with Jody Jackson filling in, there are not a lot of spots up for grabs for the Arizona Diamondbacks. One of the few that is up for grabs it's a heck of a fight so far give you the latest next on the burns and gambo show the burns and gambo need to know social poll update presented by sanderson ford all right mitch is back with us with today's twitter poll was that all going out over the air by the way our conversation no are you sure Maybe like a word, but no. Okay. Because well, I, now now everyone's going to wonder what it was. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not going to grill crazy. y'all this time of what y'all are laughing about I just, during the I break. just, I looked down, I'm like, ooh, the mic's on. What were we talking about? Uh, we were, we were. I'm the, I'm the here and I have the always on, Burnsy. Is it always on? I have, I have it on. Yeah, we're talking about hiking. I mean, nothing crazy. We were talking about hiking and this trail that we both like. And yeah. I apparently thought it was much harder than it is. And I never go if do you, it because I see, think I need more time. See, this is the leg up that you have when it comes to yeah. the health activities. You got the hiking while she's got the if running. She's running on vacation the way she says she's running on vacation. It should not take her that long. So now I'm going to hike to the top of this particular trail. Yeah. In South I haven't Island. done it in a while, so I'm going to do. I might do it Wednesday. I'll have please, to report back. Please, so. I, wish, I wish 
I'll could, see how long it I takes wish you. I could go with you. Otherwise, Bernsey maybe is just a world-renowned hiker that we didn't. He's hiding from us. Elevation training or something to that end, I'm sure. <laughs> Love the elevation training, absolutely. All right, bitch, take it away. What you got, a poll question for us? So, yeah, yesterday's Suns win over the Lakers. We always love to see that. We didn't get, like, the premier performances out of Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, but that's okay because we got some great performances out of the rest of the Suns players. So we're asking, who's your MVP of yesterday's win? Yusuf Nurkic, Royce O'Neal, Grayson Allen, Bull Bull. Nurk. Give me Nurk. I like Nurk, but man, uh, Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal were really good, too. I, I like them all. I mean. <laughs> we keep saying, like, this guy's key, that guy's key. Like, I get it. It's, just, it's kind of almost like a flavor of the week kind of thing. Grayson Allen, he's going to get some open... He's going to continue to get some open, open looks in the postseason. And if he... I sure hope so. I don't know if he's going to make six of them like he did yesterday. He's going to get some looks. It was it Frank Vogel after the game said that he thought Grayson Allen should have shot 15 three-pointers yesterday. He's going to get really... He needs to keep shooting. Just keep gunning. Because I think he will make a bunch of them. But we would both vote for Nurk. What's our audience saying? The audience is voting with you guys. Nurkic is getting 44% of this vote. 26% going with Royce O'Neal. 19% going with the guy you were just talking about, Grayson Allen. And 10% going with Bull Bull. Alright. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo X page. One word at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. Diamondbacks uh, lost today to the A's. 9-8 to eight in Cactus League action. Jordan Lawler, his first home run of the spring. Um, looking to see who else did what. It was uh, Blake Walston got the start. He, a little erratic, it looked like. Yeah. The, I mean, I wasn't there, but. <laughs> the stretch of great performances by Diamondbacks starting pitchers uh, came to a halt in this one. Blake Walston gave up a couple of earned runs in an inning and two-thirds. Christian Robinson, once upon a time top prospect in the system, he had a uh, two-run homer in this one as well. Three-run homer. He hits me. the ball hard. He's a, he's a large man. I mean, he hits the ball when you, you it sounds different. Yeah, he is a large man there. Jody knows this because she obviously, uh, from her work with the Diamondbacks, broadcasting for the, the for the Diamondbacks on television, very familiar with the D-backs. She knows as well as, as I do that there just aren't, there aren't a lot of jobs up for grabs in this spring, which makes this spring very different in terms of how we kind of, it's, it's always fun to have a position battle or two to kind of keep an eye on and watch spring stats intrigue. and things. Yeah, yeah. You need some intrigue. Who's going to get this position? <laughs> There's very, very little of that this year, which is, I think, a, largely a good thing because it just allows guy to kind of work on their stuff and not feel like they have to perform in the spring. The one spot that's different is the fifth starter spot, which I think, as you pointed out astutely earlier, most teams in spring training probably have a battle for a fifth starter spot. Yeah, a fifth starter is a guy that, you know, um, sometimes it's an opportunity for a young player, which is kind of what it's been. The last last year, it was between Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, and actually Dre Jameson. And Ryan won the battle out of spring. Dre became, uh, Dre was in the bullpen. Yep. And was really 
good in that role and, until he wasn't a little bit later. And I think we got into May, but he was outstanding early on in that role. And, uh, and then he got injured, unfortunately, and, he, and then tried to rehab the elbow, needed Tommy John later. But yeah, I mean, it, it's young players. Um, you know, sometimes it could be a veteran that's filled, you know, like a like a Zach Davies was for this team, mm-hmm. right? And this team right now just has so much young talent. They have a lot of young arms that they can choose from. And... It is a good problem to have. And it's also a good problem because let's face it. Now, Tommy and Ryan have had a taste, right? Again, yeah. Ryan has Ryan threw 144 innings last year. Tommy, 89 before he got hurt. And so they want to be with the big club. You know, sure. they, they've gotten that taste. They don't necessarily want to be in, in AAA or in Reno, right? But that's the reality. And that's going to be a hard conversation. Um, you slayed Sikonia. I need to include him as well. These are he got a little taste last year. Not like one like Tommy or, or Ryan did, but he got but, a little you know, taste. These, those were really important games, you know, and Bryce Jarvis had to start a few of those games. Yep. I think with Slade and Bryce, they were managed in those games, you know, to a point where they weren't going through a lineup a third time or you know what I mean? It was it was like, hey, let's get let's get through these first few innings, let's get into the bullpen. And, and, you know, the, largely they did a pretty good job. And so now I think it's going to be more of can you take that next step for these guys. But um, it is a competition, and it will be interesting to see. And there could be other factors. You know, part of me thinks, you know, Tommy's a lefty. So however that plays out, you know, you could look and say, who do you have early in the season? You're going to go to Atlanta and you sure. have some matchups there and things like that. But, you know, you have right-handed hitters that can hurt you too. So I, I wouldn't read too much into any of that. But, you know, it is a matter of would you, you know, maybe they feel strongly about having two lefties in that rotation. I would think, I heard Luke talking about this earlier, and I would tend to agree with him, that I think if everything else is equal and they both – pitch very, very well this spring or if their numbers are about the same. I would think the lefty thing would be a tiebreaker in favor of Tommy Henry just for a little bit of a variety in the rotation, but only if they're equal just about everywhere else. I, I, it's funny, since we last talked about this earlier in the show, this thought just kind of popped into my head. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter what happens in this spring, but in some ways it doesn't. Only because I think this has the potential to be a very fluid competition throughout the course of the season. Let's say Tommy Henry gets the gig and he doesn't get off to a great start. And Ryan Nelson is absolutely killing it down at AAA Reno. Well, whoop, they'll just sweat, yeah. right? Like it's, it doesn't, it's a, it's a, Deadline at the end of spring training, but it's a very soft yeah. deadline. It's not like if you don't make the twenty-five man, you're 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 not going to be on the you know. The, yeah, you're not going to be not, in the organization. Like we have to waive. You right. know, we like have the, to put you on waivers. Yeah, it's or not something. like the no. NFL where we're going to kind of cut the roster down to fifty-three guys yeah. and you're out of a gig. You know, it's it's I, I and I also think, and we did talk about this earlier that that any major league rotation. Man, it's it's a five man rotation, but you better believe it's a six man rotation. It's a oh, seven yeah. man rotation. There will be injuries. There will be skip starts. There will be whatever the case yeah. may be. You will need those guys at some point. I just, I it, it'll end when spring training ends, and one of the three will win the job. But that doesn't mean it's it's just over then. It's not over like a month from now. If one guy's kicking butt or one guy's not doing well, they certainly can flip spots it's, if it's they like want to. It's like Tori Lavella says, and not so much with players going up and down, but just in general around the league. If someone goes to another organization, it's like, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it is on a team where just about every roster spot is set. There, yeah. There's just not, you know, and, and I heard Wolf talking about this earlier. 
I think he likes the competition. He likes guys battling in spring, knowing that it's like a whole. It's not a 53-man, though, for baseball. Two men enter, one man leaves (laughs) kind of thing. Um, It's not Thunderdome, right? I'll take that tutorial. I'll say maybe we, you know, can you do like, would it be like a cage match or something, right? (laughs) Or like like the Joker in the Dark Knight where he breaks the, the... the pool stick and he's open tryouts for having a competition and the, the two guys have to fight for the one spot oh, on his goodness. team. It's not like that. No, I mean, it's, it's not. It's, um, and it's certainly it's not word. like that on this team where most of the roster is set. It's just about done. Yeah. And I mean, this is a better roster because when you go to the World Series and you, you realize you want to get back, you fill every hole. Yep. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Suns role players really shined yesterday against the L.A. Lakers. Will the Suns stars trust them to shine when it matters the most? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show with Jody filling in.